seeing as you watched us on game day this morning. The fans in Cleveland laying the stadium to rest. First game played September 9th, 1931. Art Modell, well, not the most popular, and understandably from the young fans, will never really grow up to understand what the Cleveland Browns have meant to this city. Unlike others, they feel they were stabbed in the back. They were exciting, weren't they? There are some that said thanks, Art. Lou Groza, some of the one of the many Hall of Famers of the Cleveland Browns that came back. The ushers not ripping the tickets to today's game because somebody wanted to keep it. Jim Brown, the greatest Brown, probably the greatest player ever in the NFL. An emotional day for him. And Mike Brown looking very much like his dad did with that hat. Nobody introduced individually. The team came out as a group and shook hands like Michael Jackson did with the fans. Oh, yeah, there was a game in the second quarter of any test of Verde that Frank Hartley, just like a left tackle, 7-0 Brown. Middle of the second quarter, Andre Risen makes a play. And he says, come on, we didn't do it. Come on, fans, help me out. And he knows that the fans love the players. They just don't know what to do. Two plays later, Vinny to Risen. He does it again. Come on, let's get fired up. One of four Matt Stover field goals. At that point, made it 10 to 3. Vinny to Keenan McCardle, a diving touchdown. 17 3 to Browns. They go on to win it 26 to 10. But this is the play to McCardle. That was the one that didn't make it to Ryzen. Here is McCardle's play 26 10 at the end. But the fans, what do you expect? They wanted their piece of history. They didn't really want it, but that's what they were left to. Taking season up by the way. <laughs> and then some, well, we don't want it. The Browns play. 25 years ago today, the final game played at Cleveland Municipal Stadium for the old Cleveland Browns. And finally, it looks like maybe the old Cleveland Browns are being put to rest and there's a new Cleveland Browns. What is up, everybody? My name is Jeremy. That is Drew on the other side here. Welcome into the full coverage football show, man. How you doing tonight? Darman's been at it for a while, man. Yes, he has. Legend. That audio. That audio and video, courtesy of ESPN Primetime, I believe it is a YouTube clip that I had to play up. Man, 25 years ago, the Browns left, and it feels like they haven't been here for that long. Well, they and have. Finally, I mean, they've never been a night. team. There's been a team, but I mean, yeah, they've done it. Yeah. Been a team, but <laughs> they've been hot. I get it. Garbage. Mm -hmm. Now, Monday night, the nine and three Cleveland Browns welcome in the seven and five Baltimore Ravens, and they played. What is possibly the NFL game of the year as the Browns lost 47 to 42 to the Baltimore Ravens? Was that the game of the year so far? Yeah, I don't think there's any question about it. Um, the drama that unfolded uh, in the fourth quarter, it's, it's it'll be talked about. And then just being, you know, the game being ended by Justin Tucker, who's just ice cold. You know, that have been that have been good from 70 in, in, the, in the 20 degree weather there in Cleveland. So, um, you know, what I what I kind of take away from it a little bit is is when you look at Baltimore and Justin Tucker, which I bring up and nobody likes to care about talking about kickers. But Justin Tucker's a weapon for that team. And you look at the other side on um, the Cleveland Browns and, and what Cody Parkey did um, in that game. And that right there is, is something that makes it, you know, makes embrace games in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Typically the games in the NFL for the most part are pretty close. I know this, this last Sunday, we kind of had a shit first afternoon slate, but, but sometimes the special teams comes down to it and he's the best in the business and he's an assassin. And he took, I mean, Listen, Cody Parkey was bad, and uh, and that game would have been different uh, had Cody Parkey been been good. So that was a big takeaway for me in that game. 
Yeah, I mean, the Browns gave up basically 11 points to the Ravens. You had the interception by Baker that led to a touchdown, and you had the missed field goal and the missed extra point by Parkey. And absolutely, when you're talking weapons, Justin Tucker is probably a Hall of Famer as a kicker because the guy is that damn good. From 55 in that stadium going towards a dog pound, that is not an easy kick. And it was good from 65. Right down the middle. (laughs) Right down the middle. Like, And the thing is, we all knew when it came down to that that Tucker was going to hit that kick because that's who he is. That's what the guy does. For the Ravens, it's a huge game because it keeps them in playoff. Sorry, would you rather have Tucker from 50 or Parkey from 35? Tucker from 50. And Parkey's been good this year. Don't get me wrong. He's been good, but nobody touches Justin Tucker. And we can talk about it. We talked earlier this year, probably Harrison Butker was solid when he hit that 58-yarder, what, three times in a row. But Harrison Butker's really good, but he's not – anywhere near Justin Tucker level. And here we are talking about a kicker after that game, but that's how good that guy is. (laughs) I mean, think about that. That's how good he is, is that this amazing 47 to 42 game, we're talking the kicker because we knew he was going to hit that. We know how good he is. But like I was saying, for the Ravens, that game puts them back in playoff contention. For the Browns, yeah, it's a loss, nine and four now. You could have been 10 and three, which would have been huge. Possibly put your arch rival to bed for the playoffs. But still at nine and four, you're still in the fifth spot. You're still in the driver's seat for the top wild card, which you could end up facing the Pittsburgh Steelers if things balance out. So you could still face a division rival in the playoffs. But for the Browns, does this show that this team is ready to not only get to the playoffs, but possibly win a playoff game? You know, it was definitely a step in the right direction, right? Uh, I think the only thing that really changed was the thought of maybe catching Pittsburgh, right? That mm-hmm. certainly changed. Um, however, they played really, really well. Um, defensively, they're getting healthier with Denzel Ward practicing. I think that's a big deal because we can say whatever we want. They gave up, what, 47 points. To me, that's concerning. Um, but I certainly think they are going to make the playoffs. I am not sure, depending matchup-wise, can they possibly win a game? Maybe. Um, but I think the defense needs to be shored up. The, but the offense um, – Outside of one throw, Baker looked really good. They can run the ball. Um, so I think they're set up to win. I, to, to be honest with you, the, the way that their offense is set up is a beautiful for a playoff run with what they can do with running the football, a mm-hmm. quick screen game, things like that. But that defense is not going to allow them to do a whole lot of anything unless Miles Garrett's in the quarterback's lap and on a frequent basis. Absolutely. That back seven's awful. And right now it's due to a lot of injuries. Denzel Ward out. Grant Delpit missing the season, your second-round pick. Ronnie Harrison out. Basically, those are three guys who come next year. This team is going to be really good on defense. And I don't think anybody should be looking at the Browns as maybe putting a Super Bowl run, even though Rex Ryan said if Baker plays like he did the first half of, you know, the Tennessee game, this could be a Super Bowl team. But let's be honest. The Browns are not a Super Bowl team. And absolutely, the lack of linebackers is going to hurt in the playoffs. That will be the downfall. They'll make playoff run He hit it on the head. And, and we knew this coming into the season, though. We knew it coming the into the season. They had nobody. Absolutely. And you look at what they have at linebacker. Yeah, they lost Joe Schobert. That one hurt. But B.J. Goodson has been just as good as Joe Schobert based on PFF grades for those are whatever you want to do with them. But Mac Wilson was a guy you took in the fifth-round pick. And so many teams thought – or so many fans thought, oh, Mac Wilson, he's so good. The guy's a 99 on Twitter, but he's a 65 on the field. He had a chance to stop Dobbins – or no, it was Gus, Ed- Gus Edwards – in Gus the Gus. hole – he cleans up the hole, has him, and he just basically lets him go. Mac Wilson has not been good. Sione Takitaki growing. 
Browns have a lot of work to do, but I think what that game showed more than anything is this team's for real, and there's no doubt in my mind at this point in the season, even though I was all on Mike Tomlin, it is now Kevin Stefanski's Coach of the Year award to lose at this point. That's all I got to say about that game. I'm not going to so, even. Yo, I, I, I don't agree. Or, I, I mean, I, I think I disagree with Coach of the Year. Um, who you got as Coach of the Year then? I don't know. I, I don't know. It's not Kevin. Stefanski um, took a crap Freddie Kitchens team. We need to talk Freddie Kitchens later. How exciting is that? But he he took a a roster that was somewhat built to win. It was um, to an extent. So, but no, you know, Kevin Stefanski he's definitely in the conversation. Um, let's see how they finish because now if they make the playoffs and they, I mean, they have winnable games. Two of their last three games are winnable. Um, including this week, which we'll get into. Um, but <laughs> you know, with the Browns, this is me looking at the Browns. Yeah, I'm a Browns fan, but I, I'm not going to sit here and suck their ass. That's not the way I'm going to do things. I'm not going to suck up to them. For the Browns to really be taken seriously, I think yeah, you should win both games coming up against New York. But that Week 17 matchup, if it is based on seeding, if you need to win that game for certain seeding. You have to win that game, not only to get your seating, but because you have to show you can stand with the big boys in your own division. So hopefully it doesn't come down to that game means nothing for either team, and we end up seeing like Case Keenan versus Mason Rudolph. But speaking of Browns, and the reason I showed that video at the top here, is not only that it's the 25th anniversary of the Browns' final game at Municipal Stadium, but a guy who played for the Browns in that game has been in the news all week. And this has to go to your team, the Detroit Lions, who emblazoned your hat there. Yeah. Louis Riddick. Louis Riddick, a former Brown safety, played in that game under Bill Belichick, interviewing with the Texans, Lions, and Jags this week. Former pro scout in Washington in 2001. He was a director of pro personnel from 05 to 07. He moved to Philly to be their director of pro personnel from 2010 to 2013 before deciding to move into the broadcast booth. Louis Riddick. A guy whose name is always ballied about. I like him. I'm pretty sure you like him. What do you think about his chances of being the Lions GM? And if he gets that job, what do you expect out of him? Wow. Um, listen, Lewis Riddick's a great football mind. He's very intelligent. He knows the game. Um, I The chances of him getting the job, in my opinion, it's, it's hard to tell right now um, based off of it, we kind of just began the process. Um, but I do give him a, a solid shot at getting the job based off of what I've heard, who he wants to bring in, um, along with, if he would bring in a Robert Sala, things like that. That's certainly something that, that a lot of people have talked about. Um, it, it's worth, I, it, it, for me as a Lions fan, everybody's worrisome, right? Uh, when we hire a GM, um, but a guy we've seen success from John Lynch, uh, Mayock, um, I mean, Gruden at, at the, uh, you know, the, the head coach position. So, so there is kind of a track record of it. I would be more comfortable with somebody with a little bit of experience. And it, as you and I touched on earlier, um, sometimes more, sometimes experience means that you were out of a job and, uh, you were fired for a reason. Um, but for me, the lions in all their years have never hired a general manager with, uh, with any sort of track record at all. So why the hell not try now? Um, things can't get get any worse um, for us. Well, there are the rumors that they are going to interview Scott Pioli this week. 
Would you yeah. rather have Scott Pioli than Lewis Riddick? No. Okay. And there's no. also former Texan general manager, Rick Smith. Would you rather have Rick Smith? I would rather have Rick Smith. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. At this I'm point, that in my mind is my top choice for GM. Um, and you know, and that's the way I feel about it. But yeah, if, if Scott Paoli gets hired, Lions fans would riot and he <laughs> might be the right hire, but just the Patriot ties, um, we're hurt right now. We're wounded, right? It's still fresh with us. Um, yes. uh, you know, we had basically, we brought in every expatriate player possible, like give us some time to heal. Um, don't do this to us again. And so I think that would probably piss off a lot of Lions fans. Do you think Lewis Riddick gets one of the jobs that he's interviewing for this year? Yes, I do. I I'm do. On that. I think it'd be an excellent fit anywhere he goes because I think he's going to go in with an open mind. The guy, what he said, at least in the broadcasting booth, is that when it, you take over a position, you don't trade away the talent instantly to bring in your guys, which is something we've talked about in the show. We're both big on Keep the talent you have. Stop with the whole, it's going to take a few years to rebuild. Because in the NFL, yes, yeah. it can take time to fully rebuild. It shouldn't, but though. But you can start to turn it around instantly and at least show steps forward. Which Not is why it's incredible the Lions and Browns have been bad for as long as they've been. Exactly. In a league set up, <laughs> everyone a, even, yeah. our teams have yeah. just been god-awful. It's so true. and It's, it's incredible. It's so incredible. But and by the way, I don't. I, if if they hire Lures, I mean, he's not my top choice. But but I wouldn't be pissed if they hire mm -hmm. Lewis Reddick. I think he's going to be a capable, uh, competent general manager in the league. I just maybe it's not my top guy. Yeah, and I understand. I mean, especially coming from what you just had, you want a guy who can hopefully come in and maybe be the adult in the organization, which is what we talked about a lot with, you know, Washington this off season that Ron Rivera was going to come in, be the finally be the grown up in the room. And it's and he changed has. that team. He has. Yeah, I mean, they're fighting for division title. That defense looks scary, but they look like they have leadership, which is the biggest thing. So for all these guys who no matter who your team's interviewing, what you want out of them is pure leadership. And I know a guy you've talked about before, and you're talking about, you know, maybe a guy coming in with experience, a John Dorsey. John Dorsey can come in and lead a team, but he's not going to be that adult in the room. John Dorsey still needs a babysitter. That was always my biggest thing with him. So if you bring in a John Dorsey, you need someone around him to kind of reel him in. So for some of these guys, they're on the market for a reason. Other guys, they didn't get a fair shake. Scott Pioli's done well everywhere he's been, but he just never really. I'm not even sure 100% what happened with him at times. He builds rosters, but maybe he didn't get the head coach right. I know all the issues they had in KC when he ended up hiring the interim, which to all teams with an interim head coach right now, I always say this, don't hire the interim. Like, how would you feel right now if Daryl Bevel became your full-time head coach based on what you've seen for two games? Don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I'll tell you that, I'm right? You. I mean, it's, uh, for me, it just... So in the thing that not to get off base, the thing that that happens most times with these teams is once there's a firing of the head football coach, the team seems to have like a rejuvenated spirit mm -hmm. for a short period of time. Um, and sometimes, you know, these these GMs, these owners, 
um, have their blinders on and they see this and they see some success and they bring guy back, you know, Freddie Kitchens type. Uh, and then, and then, you know, although Freddie wasn't the head coach, but you, you yeah. get the, you get the point. Um, and it usually doesn't work. Yeah. Guys play better. The pressure's off guys coach better when the pressure's off. I mean, it works. And dude, I'm having some issues with this ring light over here. It keeps swaying back and forth. Apparently I broke the lock on it or something. So if you see weird shadows going across my face, no, it's not demons or ghosts. It's just crazy lighting. Anyway, we, we I mean, we got a jam-packed show tonight. It's going to be a lot of fun. We are talking a lot of college football tonight. We're going to talk all the big-time conference championships. We're going to talk the college football rankings because I honestly think a lot of teams got screwed in that, and they didn't make zero sense to me. But we're going to be joined in a little bit by at Detroit Beastie Chris. You can follow him on Twitter at Detroit Beastie. Check him out on DFSCheatSheet.com. Joins us every Thursday. He will probably make an appearance at some point. Last time I heard from him, he was driving an ice storm. Chris, I hope you're being safe, man. Yeah. But look, he's just about to connect now. I mean, every week Chris joins us. You can follow his work on DFSCheatSheet.com. Follow him on Twitter at Detroit Beastie. Make sure you check out that bottom of the barrel article every time. It comes on. You check that out. It's going to help you in FanDuel. It's going to help you yes. in drafting. It's going to help yes. you win your fantasy leagues. And this is a big, big week because we're talking fantasy football playoffs, bro. You in the fantasy playoffs in any of your leagues? Am I? Yeah. Yeah, two uh, two of three. Two of nice. three. Nice. Nice. The one league, I, though, I've won like two games. So, um, <laughs> I just, like, listen. That league's just it's not it's not great. Remember last year in your your league that you invited me to? I was terrible. Yeah. Uh, this year I've been a little bit better. You know, I think I'm in the playoffs this year, but but uh yeah, this other league, it's just it's my brother-in-law's league, and I am terrible. And when I say I'm a bad team, I'm losing by like 50 a week. It's it's <laughs> tough to watch. It's it's tough to watch. Yeah, I'm four out of five on mine. One league, the ESPN league, the one you were just talking about, that's the league I didn't make playoffs because I had a damn tie. But I don't want to talk about that. Let's bring on the man to talk fantasy football here. Let's bring on at Detroit Beastie. Chris. Chris, brother, how you doing tonight? I'm great. How are you? Good evening. Uh, Can't complain. I don't, I don't I forgot to ask you, Drew. I know you're you're in Michigan, right? But I don't know what area. Didn't you say down river somewhere? Nope. I'm actually from Detroit. But okay. I live in Cleveland now. Oh, okay, okay. Because yep. yeah, I'm like five minutes away. You know, actually more like five or ten miles north of the actual city right now. And it's yeah. just been nothing but snow and ice. That's what I was going to ask going you. On like three nights here. And what well, it's Michigan in the wintertime. What, what, yes. what do you expect? I hate when people say, can you believe it? It's snowing, all this ice. <laughs> I just, I, I look around and I look them dead in the face and go, it's winter in Michigan. What the yeah. heck else do you want? Yep, I got my snowblower. We got Jeremy. I'll tell you, we got what, like a foot. Uh, at least we did here on the. I'm on the opposite side of the city than he is. Yeah. Uh, maybe a couple weeks ago, we got like uh, 12 inches overnight, and then four inches during the day. So it's been. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you're. I'm glad you got home. You know, first time in my life. Thank you. Yeah, I still got my uh, my face guard on and walking around like this all day. So it's beautiful, Jeremy or, or or Chris. Are you are you in fantasy? I, I know you do DFS a lot, but are, are, yeah. how many fantasy leagues are you in? You in any uh, well, just normal fantasy leagues, and how many fantasy leagues is too damn many? Well, personally, I don't. I think we might have touched on this early on when we were getting to know each other and we we're broadcasting. 
Uh, I cut down a big time this season. I was at one point in upwards of like 37, somewhere around there. The highest I've ever been in was, I believe, 51 leagues. But I cut way down for the season because I wanted to concentrate on on writing and broadcasting and, and being here yeah. with you guys. So cutting way down, I cut down to four leagues, right? A home league, uh, actually yeah. two home leagues, my big 14-team PPR IDP dynasty. And then after I had already cut down, I've had I had other organizations come to me uh, for a charitable kind of league. Yeah, so what yeah, what you got? Yeah, what I look like if I said no? Right. So I joined four of those leagues. Uh, so yeah. it's been fantastic. I mean, even so, if you add up the numbers, we're talking eight fantasy leagues, and to and to most people, that's like that's nothing. But to me, after cutting down, uh, it's been a breeze. It's been fantastic. You know, I'm not. You know, people send you messages all day. Hey, did you look at my trade offer? What wait? And your head is spinning and you don't know what to do. Right. And to be fair, I, I can't even imagine what that would be like now with uh, with all the t- uh, social media stuff that we're into and all sure. the writing, you know, writing like six, seven articles a week for various sites and everything. So uh, I'm very glad I, I, I tuned it down, toned it down, I should say. Yeah, I just don't under like I. uh it's hard to have any like real like love and commitment to one particular league when you're in so damn many. That's it, um, but anyway, man, let's jump right into it, man. Talk bottom of the barrel. What are we feeling? That it's uh, you've been for anybody that hasn't tuned into bottom of the barrel. He has been on fire from the get go. Um, if you've played NBA Jam, you've heard it. I could say He's that basically, yeah, yeah, and that's pretty much what it's been. You've you've killed it, man. Tell uh, tell everybody uh, what you like in this week. Yeah, so uh, I want to announce here for the first like time, it. for the okay. first time, uh, there will be a, a special Saturday edition of Bottom of the Barrel out tomorrow. Uh, in the morning around 9 or 10 Eastern. So it'll cover just the Saturday's games, uh, Buffalo at Denver, and then Carolina at Green Bay. It's already done and written. Just got to put some particulars on it. But the plan is to publish it in the morning just for uh, for Saturday. A special holiday edition, if you will. Much I love like it. we did uh, the Thanksgiving the, Day game. For but, the uh, people. For the people. Yeah, I wish I wish we had some sound effects. So we could have done a drum roll and then like a, <laughs> like, like a kind of thing, you know, on the show. But uh, we'll get there. That's on Jeremy. That's then, on so Jeremy. For this week, uh, let, like, as you said, That's let's my get bad. right into it. <laughs> of the quarterbacks, uh, I love the idea of Taysom Hill. The New Orleans Saints, they're at home. They host Kansas City. And some people, there's been a lot of questions about, do I sit Taysom Hill? Actually, all the start-sit quarterback questions I've been asked in the last, like, three or four days, they all have Taysom Hill in there. You know, Taysom Hill, Mitch Trubisky, you know, and to be fair, uh, it's been a no-doubter uh, Taysom Hill for seasonal leagues. But even in, in DFS formats, as I said, home against Kansas City, he's $7,500 on FanDuel and even $6,000 on DraftKings now. Uh, you know, the casual person, you know, the casual DFS fan or, or fantasy, you know, player w- would see uh, Kansas City. They would see the red and the yellow, and I don't want to touch Kansas City. Well, they're very good on offense. Defense, not so right. much. Obviously, right. they're going to make a run at the Super Bowl here. But Kansas City is 17th overall against opposing quarterbacks. And given the price range, as I've said, 75 k on FanDuel and even 6 k on DraftKings, uh, Kansas City is going to hang 30 points, uh, 28 to 30 points, you know, uh, on Sunday with ease. I mean, that's just their, their floor for points in a game, meaning 
Taysom Hill and the New Orleans Saints are going to be playing from behind or trying to play catch up, keeping pace with the Kansas City Chiefs in this one. So I love him for that reason alone. And I'm still, you know, we're, we're, we're week 15 probably just kicked off five minutes ago, right? And I'm still getting questions about, well, you don't care that Kansas City's going to win and the Saints. I don't care if, if the players on these teams win or lose. I care about points, scoring touchdowns. Right. <laughs> exactly. If the New Orleans Saints lose, what do I care? But what did Taysom Hill do? That's all that matters here. So moving on, I, in passing, I'll mention a, an NFC North battle this weekend. Uh, Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings uh, host the Chicago Bears in this one. Uh, I kind of, you know, th- this was written on Sunday. You know, I tuned it up Monday and then I published it Monday night or Tuesday uh, morning this week. And, I, you know, I, I did a DST streaming article that was published today. And I I talked myself into this probably being some sort of a defensive battle here. These two teams hate each other. They're in Minnesota. I could easily see it being seriously like a 9 to 13 kind of game, but I could easily see it being 27 to to 28 kind of thing, 31, 28 here. So in passing, I'll mention Kirk Cousins, uh, Chicago, ninth overall against opposing quarterback, $7,200 on FanDuel, $6,100 on DraftKings. And then Mitch, who's been on a heater. You have to give credit where credit is due here. Mitch is on a heater. Uh, Mitch is $7,000 on FanDuel, $5,500 on DraftKings. And Minnesota is uh, 15th overall against opposing quarterbacks here. Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't touch on Jalen Hurts, who looks to be, yes. is without a doubt, the starting quarterback for uh, Philadelphia Eagles here. They travel to Arizona, which isn't uh, as daunting as people think. They're 14th mm. overall against opposing quarterbacks. $6,900 on FanDuel. Nice. And then $5,900 yeah. on DraftKings here. Now, if, if you would tell me that, you know, Miles Sanders is going to get another full workload, kind of like he did last week, and some of these other, you know, uh, Goddard, Zach Ertz is kind of, but he's yeah. had some weapons at his disposal here. That that goes without saying. I'm not saying that uh, Carson Wentz was the entire reason for that team playing like trash here, but kind of it, it was. But Jalen Hurts stepped in. Uh, he's looked good here. Uh, Matthew Stafford was mentioned in the article, top of the quarterback. I saw right? that. I and, saw uh, that. By all accounts here locally, uh, and now it's spread out all over the country, Matthew Stafford is highly unlikely to play in this one. So in turn, we turn our attention to Chase Daniel, their their second string quarterback who looks to be starting this weekend. The Lions traveled to Tennessee and they're going to get absolutely obliterated by Derrick Henry. I mean, let's be honest. Derrick Henry might see 50 carries and put up 300 yards in this one. But in the meantime, Drew doesn't want to hear that right now. Chase Daniel is uh, $6,500 on FanDuel and he's $5,000 on DraftKings. And Tennessee is 28th overall against opposing quarterbacks and i'm guessing that uh you're in a matchup this weekend drew against jeremy maybe and no as derrick no. henry you all, no. i don't want to hear that so I, i'm in a yeah the derrick henry thing it's it's, it's tough man. i need a christian mccaffrey to come back this week he's not but i, I hope I later you tell me something great about I, jeff Wilson. I, i'm with yeah i don't think We have difficulties. Chris, you still there? I hear. Yeah, I'm here. All right, there you go. Let me, uh, if you can hear me, I'll just. Oh, you're here. All right, let me. uh, Okay. If I cut out one more time, well, I'll I'll get out of here and then I'll get back in with my brand new computer. I don't know why I'm not using it in the first place here. The phone is kind of a comfortable thing, you know, yep. you can move around. Uh, I, I, I do want to mention, uh, I mentioned Jarrett Stidham. 
New England Patriots uh, quarterback on Wednesday, you know, in the, the going deep that we, we deep dive into bottom of the barrel here. There's just I, I'm having a feeling that the Patriots aren't going to put up with with Cam Newton being, you know, such a bum. I mean, he's put the Patriots uh, at a disadvantage week in and week out here, especially last week. They only put up like 220 so odd yards there. So just be mindful. Let's check the practice reports and everything. And Jarrett Stidham. Uh, $6,100 on FanDuel, $5,100 on DraftKings. Now, it would be nuts, right, to, to put Stidham in your lineup for Sunday knowing that Cam Newton is the starting quarterback. But let's say that Bill Belichick pulls the plug in the second quarter and you get like two and a half quarters out of Jarrett Stidham. So it's just a weird feeling I have uh, in my chest and my stomach, and I've learned to, to trust that. Yes. And it's, it's yielded yes. some pretty good results uh, the last few years here. So moving on to quarterback, or excuse me, running back, Derrick Henry is the, the most expensive running back on the slate here. He's over $10,000 on FanDuel, $9,500 on DraftKings, just to put these other running backs uh, into perspective. I love a collection of the Baltimore Ravens running backs this weekend. I've made no bones about uh, you know stacking two running backs from the same team all season. We've had luck with it. Uh, Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, I believe we stacked uh, – uh, Chris Carson and Travis Homer earlier in the season. So yeah, we've had success here. Stack. We've had successful results here, but they have to be, you know, educated kind of guesses. So J.K. Dobbins, and I love J.K. Dobbins and stacking him with Gus Edwards here. So Dobbins looks to be now the the, the RB1 there uh, for, for Baltimore. Jacksonville's 29th overall against opposing running backs. $5,900 on FanDuel, $5,900 again on DraftKings. And the Gus Bus, uh, he's $5,500 on FanDuel and $4,400 on DraftKings. Now, we've seen both backs. They get a ton of work. Dobbins scored a touchdown on Monday night. Gus scored twice on Monday night here against Jeremy's uh, Cleveland Browns here. So everyone no scored a touchdown that game. Baltimore <laughs> running backs uh, in this yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, I love uh, J.D. McKissick again. I just can't get away from him. And again, if Antonio Gibson is starting this week, by all he looks to be, he was at practice. Mm -hmm. uh, Gibson looks looks to be uh, ready to go here. I think yep. that only elevates J.D. McKissick. People say, well, if Gibby comes back, McKissick was seeing 10 targets and catching 9 to 10 passes when Gibby backs. was in the lineup. Yeah. So J.D. McKissick is better off when Antonio Gibson is in the lineup here. Uh, I want to keep my eyes out on Jeff Wilson Jr., San Francisco's running back. They play Dallas. Yeah, there it Dallas is. is there it is. Rough. Come on, Dallas, baby. Right? Tell me good things. <laughs> the Dallas's offensive line is just, it's like a mash unit. It's just they're, they're piecing it together with, with glue, Elmer's glue. I don't know. Uh, Wilson is $5,800 on FanDuel, $5,100 on DraftKings. Now, Look, Raheem Mostert is looks to be their 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 RB one, but Jeff Wilson, I believe, got ten or eleven carries last week. So if you could, if both of you told me right now, you can count on definitely ten uh, touches for Jeff Wilson Jr. this week. I would have a hundred percent exposure, but instead, I'm going to you know li not limit my exposure, but not a hundred percent. That puts you at, at a risk, you know, in that situation. Uh, James White is a good one. New England plays Miami. Uh, $5,200 on FanDuel, $4,500 on DraftKings. And one more guy I want to mention here, and that's Tony Pollard, right? So I had no idea, you know, Sunday night, even into Monday, even after the article was published, I had no idea that uh, P 
Pollard got one less carry than Zeke uh, this past Sunday here. So that's like a 95, you know, excuse me. That's like a 50, 51 to 50% target share in this one uh, between those guys here. So let's say. Uh, Zeke Elliott has been, and the grass is always greener with a little extra love from Mother Nature. I don't know what's going on with my phone over there. It just started yelling at me all of a sudden. Sorry about that. Sounds like Britney Spears is coming on your and, Yeah, I didn't know what it was. Finally just <laughs> so shut off after I threw it. Zeke Elliott, uh, he's, he's been dealing with some sort of strained calf or a sore calf, but he's still mm-hmm. not practicing. Uh, I have him in my 14-team IDP dynasty, and I'm one, one win away from the finals, and I don't know if I'm going to have Zeke or not, but I have handcuffed him with Tony Pollard. So in DFS purposes, I think Tony Pollard is a full go here this weekend. Uh, $4,700 on FanDuel. $5,200 on DraftKings. So uh, regardless if Zeke is in or, or in or not, I'm still going to have uh, Tony Pollard in, in some of my lineups here. The price is too Smart sweet. Uh, I've talked about Tony Pollard till I've been blue in the face here. The guy looks uh, electric. He looks like he, he's got a, a pep in his step. He's certainly uh, more refreshed than Zeke, let's say. So uh, that's what I have for, for running backs. I mean, if you want to touch on a guy like Edo Smith real quick, I wouldn't uh, wouldn't mind you kind of arguing with myself. Yes. But uh, Atlanta plays Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is seventh overall against opposing running backs. $4,800 on FanDuel and even $4,000 on DraftKings. So uh, I'll ask you guys before we, so I can catch my breath before we move on to yes. wide receivers here. What do you think of Todd Gurley? Is this guy done? Is it over for him? Yes. It certainly looks that way. Well, you think he's done, Drew? I don't uh, know, it's man. It's over for him. I mean, he can be a he can be a occasional down back with six touches. I mean, but what what what, what Todd Gurley was is over. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. He's, he's not a twenty five carry a game guy. He's not a feature no, guy. He's he's not even a thirteen to fifteen carry a game guy. Wow. Well, and and he just and he also lacks the ability to catch the ball in the backfield. So he's kind of one dimensional. Um, and to Chris's point, they have somewhat other eye. I mean, it's kind of a dumpster fire. Uh, but Chris just pretty much hit on, you know, Zeke sucking, uh, which is terrible for me. Um, but we're hoping for good things, man. 100%. And real quick, it wouldn't be a bottom of the barrel show with you guys if we weren't picking on the Houston Texans. I firmly believe uh, I've yeah. mentioned the opposing running back against the Houston Texans every every week so far of the season. So Me week too. 15 here, the Indianapolis Colts host the Houston Texans here. So obviously Jonathan Taylor is a full go. He's finally, I believe he's finally that RB1, right? And finally getting took some time but he's there so you know let's look to get exposure elsewhere like Naeem Hines but I like Jordan Wilkins in this one in some sort of relief role and some sort of garbage time here Wilkins is the cheapest back of the three five thousand dollars on FanDuel four thousand dollars on DraftKings here so just some running backs and some quarterbacks so far that have piqued my interest and I put pen to paper here for bottom of the barrel now, uh, something I came across when I was doing my research here, if you look at the, the DFS lights, especially on FanDuel, aside from the running back, every skill, every offensive skill position aside from running back, the most expensive player is that of the Kansas City Chief. Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, Tyreek Hill at wide receiver, and then mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey at tight end. I think that tells a story all in its own here. So Tyreek Hill is $9,300 on FanDuel. $8,800 on DraftKings to put the, you know, the prices here. Uh, I think we should go back to the, the, the well here with CD lamb. We had great success 
with Lamb early on in the season. We, we hit home runs with him when he was about 5900 bucks. if you remember. It was in bottom yep. of the barrel, scored twice uh, that yep. same week. Here. He got moved out because yeah, he got too expensive. He graduated, yeah, and then he, he came <laughs> back. Just a quick visit here with bottom of the barrel. <laughs> C.D. Lamb is now – he's back below 6000 bucks. He's $5,800 on FanDuel, $4,500 on DraftKings here. Steel. Dallas Dallas hosts San Francisco. San Francisco is 13th overall against opposing wide receivers here. You know, and, and I, I've had several spirited conversations on social media about why uh, I'm stupid or I'm an asshole for, for <laughs> suggesting C.D. Lamb here. And, you know, I, I don't talk down to anybody. I don't get in fights with anybody, especially on social media. It's it's uh, it's worth it's It doesn't make sense. Idea. Yeah. Yeah. What's the point here? Uh, so with C.D. Lamb, I don't care who the quarterback is. I'm going to bet on the talent every time. And C.D. Lamb is unbelievably talented. So let's say, let me look up what I have for his uh, projections this week just to kind of prove a point here. So let's say uh, C.D. Lamb is targeted, you know, six or seven times, which would be uh, fantastic. That's what he was seeing when, when Dak Prescott was his quarterback. Mm -hmm. But now Garrett Gilbert, Andy Dalton here. So I have Lamb for about six targets catch about four or five of those passes i won't even tell you the yards i have projected for him or that he averages about 12 and a half yards yeah. for reception if you could promise me a definite five receptions for cd lamb at this price 100 exposure because the talent is so immense there uh with this kid of those five receptions i think he's gonna get one of those could be a flipping touchdown two of those yeah. could be a, a touchdown here so talent will always win out for me Right. Doesn't I don't care who the quarterback is. Andy Dalton, Garrett Gilbert, Jerry Jones could, you know, dust off his cane and play quarterback. I'm still going to, you know, bet on. Uh, I, I think we would be. Unbelievable, huh? Unbelievable. Am I You're back? breaking up there for a second. Hey, you're back. You're back. All right. Cool. Be right back. I'll be right back. I'm going to. Uh, Hop in on my computer. Sorry for the. Uh... Nope. Take your time, man. We'll talk man, about some other stuff. Good. All right. For those of you listening, follow Chris on Twitter. You get awesome, awesome fantasy information. You get these great graphics. He's got Baker going for 250 and two scores this week. Baker. He's got 20 rushes, 80 yards for Cam Akers, who Baker. is finally playing like the guy I drafted early in so many rounds. Five receptions, 100 yards for A.J. Brown. And Cole Komet finally making something out of that draft pick and the 36 tight ends they have there in Chicago. But something he touched on that I do want to bring up is Jonathan Taylor finally getting all the carries there in Indy. He's going to be the future back. And this is a guy who, when he gets the carries, obviously can handle the workload. He showed it at Wisconsin. He's a horse. He's a horse. So looking ahead in keeper leagues, franchise yeah. leagues, is this a guy that you're going to maybe look at to trade? Maybe would you trade a Dalvin Cook to get a Jonathan Cooper long-term? What would you do? Jonathan Cooper? Oh, Jonathan Taylor. What the Jonathan hell? Taylor. Did I say Cooper? Yeah, it was weird. Jonathan I, I, Cooper. I was very, I was very confused. My bad. Uh, no, you're good. Um, No, I'm not trading Dalvin Cook for Jonathan Taylor. To get John Taylor. No, um, I think John Taylor is going to be a a very good running back in this league. Dalvin Cook is a very good running back. Yes, I'm not mystery boxing this shit. Give me Dal, you know, give me Dalvin Cook. 
I'm with you. I mean, there's a lot of players you could see being dealt for him. Maybe a Miles Sanders. Maybe someone wants to make that move. But I don't know if Miles Sanders right now is more trustworthy than Jonathan Taylor going forward because you have a guy who actually commits to the run in Frank Reich and a guy who you don't yeah. know if he's even going to be there next year and Doug Peterson. Because last week on this show, Chris Infante came on and said that he thinks Brian Dayball's the head coach week one next year. He did. And that was so, uh, that was interesting. It um, was. And, and we'll we'll see how that unfolds, but uh, it's it's tough two years removed from uh, from holding a Lombardi to yeah. uh, to losing your job, in my opinion. All right, we think we might have Chris back. Let's ask him that question. Chris, while you're gone for a second, there we were talking about Jonathan Taylor and his value finally going up. Looks like he's going to be the lead dog in there in franchise yeah. leagues and keeper leagues. Is this a guy that you would think about? possibly moving a Dalvin Cook for in the offseason to get Jonathan Taylor to keep on your roster long-term. 100%. And if uh, I think I know what the problem is, uh, I haven't updated my phone in like a month here. And right before, <laughs> uh, for some odd reason, the second time right now when I came back around, the mm -hmm. message popped up. Maybe you should probably update your phone because there's been uh, sound <laughs> bugs in here. You know, there's been bugs where the, where yeah. the audio is like that. And uh, with the new computer, uh, I thought I had it all figured out because we were at the, the at the same exact point last week, and I thought I got it all figured out. But uh, the computer is smarter than me, obviously, and I have yet to do that. So I need to take hey, a long, hard, honest look at what I'm doing. <laughs> we're just glad to have you back, man. Thank you. So uh, real quick, uh, we're talking about Russell Gage when I cut out last time. Atlanta plays Tampa Bay. He's fifth, His price has gone up, but the kids scored touchdowns in back-to-back -back weeks here. With He scored a touchdown with Julio in the lineup. He scored a touchdown without Julio in the lineup. So at this point, it doesn't matter. I would try and get Russell Gage in my lineup. So it's kind of like a filler here. $5,700 on FanDuel, $4,700 on DraftKings. Now, uh, I think it's time we, we mentioned the Baltimore Ravens uh, wide receivers. Now, you know, Hollywood Brown uh, and Boykin were put on the COVID IR, so that bumps up Willie Sneed the fifth and even Devin Duvernay, the rookie here. They, they're playing Jacksonville, as I said. Jacksonville is 24th overall against opposing wide receivers. Willie Sneed is $5,400 on FanDuel, $4,300 on DraftKings, and Duvernay is even cheaper, $5,100 on FanDuel, $3,200 on DraftKings. And look, I'm going to try and take advantage of the of those price points while I can sure. because uh, all this news, you know, their their prices were set in stone on Sunday evening when the main slates, you know, were made available here, mm -hmm. and then not till Monday or after Monday after the game here, uh, the Monday night football game, they they were said that they were out with COVID here, so their prices are are still very low given the the potential workload uh, that both guys are going to see here. So take a long, hard, honest look at uh, at me and how I handle my my broadcasting connection, and then take a long, hard, honest look at the, the Baltimore Ravens uh, wide receivers in this one. Uh, I think it'd be wise again to look at a guy uh, like Mohamed Sanu this week. And as I mentioned in the article, uh, there's a certain group of people, there's certain groups of all kinds of people that truthers The one is called the truther. One is called, I, I don't know what the other ones are called. And I know there is a group of people that, uh, they pay a lot of stock into like the practice squad players, like the second and third string guys getting a lot of uh, practice reps together. Right. And now we have Mohamed Sanu. We could pair him up or stack him with Chase Daniel. You would imagine that both guys, uh, saw a lot of, you know, reps and practice time together in Sanu's limited time here in Detroit. So if you pay any stock into that, Sanu was only $5,000 on FanDuel and he's an even $3,000 on DraftKings. So uh, given the matchup, 
Tennessee is going to control the ball a lot. We know that. Um, yeah, Derrick Henry's going to run the heck out of the ball, but you know the Lions are going to have to keep pace somehow in some way. So uh, you know, in a big hundred thousand kind of player GPP, uh, you know, a dollar an entry, and you have 150 entries here. Why not throw a Chase Daniel Muhammad Sanu kind of snack stack in there? Snack stack, whatever you want to do it, and see what happens. You know, if Chase Daniels. It. As it stands now, guys, Chase Daniels is projected for about 250 passing yards and two touchdown passes. And at his price, as we said, 6,500 on FanDuel and even 5,000 on DraftKings, that's that's a lot of value in that for, for 250 yards and two touchdown passes. That, that gives your lineup a lot of leverage to go elsewhere. You'd probably be able to get Chase Daniel, Muhammad Sanu, and then you'd have a ton of money left to get Derrick Henry mm-hmm. and Delvin Cook in the same lineup here. So crazier things have happened uh, literally in all the years I've been playing DFS. I've seen some wild, big money winner lineups with, with some odd things here. So just pay some mind into that. I like the idea of Kendrick Bourne too in San Francisco. They go to Dallas. As I said, Dallas is 28th overall against opposing wide receivers, $4,800 on FanDuel, $4,100 on DraftKings here. Now that all came about because, Brandon, no, it was Debo Samuel went out really early, like in the first like five Mm -hmm. minutes of the game, and he was put on IR. So he's not playing uh, again for the rest of the season. And lo and behold, Kendrick Bourne saw the second most targets on the team in in, in Debo's absence here. So given the price, $4,800 on FanDuel and $4,100 on DraftKings, I think that I'm going to have major exposure to Kendrick Bourne this weekend, given the matchup here. And I think I saw Jeremy write that down. So, uh, I think you're on. We're, we're on the right path here, guys. And then, uh, let's touch on some some tight ends real quick, and then before we get out of here, I, I get out of here. I want to double back to one uh, running back who I think is going to be a, a big money ticket for us at a very low price. Uh, Cole Komet. As uh, when I left the broadcast, I was still able to see what you mm-hmm. guys were doing, and you ran through the graphic cards here. And uh, Cole Komet is now, without a shadow of a doubt, the tight end one for Chicago, and. Uh, I don't, I don't want to be rude and say, well, is that saying much? I don't know, but the kid has, has a ton of talent. And as I said, at the beginning of the broadcast here, uh, Mitch Trubisky is on a heater here and uh, Minnesota is like 11th or 12th against opposing uh, tight ends here. So $5,100 on FanDuel and uh, $3,000 on DraftKings. Uh, You know, I've always, I've always told you guys, I, I punt tight end really. I build my lineup and a tight end is the last, uh, piece of the puzzle that I do in my lineups here. And he's, he's seen, I believe, if I remember this correct, back-to-back weeks of six targets, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so back-to-back, so 12 targets in two weeks. Price hasn't really jumped up much. So I love his chances of, of finding the end zone this weekend, you know, on the arm of uh, Mitch Trubisky here. Gerald, yeah. Gerald Everett is another guy uh, that stuck out to me this weekend. And I don't know why, but I figured it out, you know, since I published this. So Jared Everett, Gerald Everett, Rams, they play the Jets. I mean, that's a slam dunk play across the board. They're 32nd against tight ends. Wah, wah. Uh, $5,000 on FanDuel, $3,100 on DraftKings. And I couldn't put my finger on it, as I said, but then when I looked back into it Gerald Everett uh has he played a hundred percent of the offensive snaps last week and in the week before that he played I believe 53 of the Rams 60 offensive snaps here so uh again it, he's uh, doing a ton of blocking I would say 75 to 80 percent of those snaps he's blocking for a guy like um 
uh, golf or Cam Akers now. Yep. But when you're on the field that much and at the price, something good is bound to happen. If you're on the field for 100% of the snaps here, you know, you're bound to find the end zone. You're bound to catch a 20-yard pass or something. And at the price, a, a touchdown would be unbelievably crazy value here. So, yeah, uh, right. Gerald Everett. Um, and, and one more guy I want to mention here is Cameron Bray. You know, he scored a touchdown last weekend. Uh, Tampa Bay plays Atlanta. Atlanta's 30th overall against opposing tight ends. Uh, $4,600 on FanDuel, $2,700 on DraftKings. And uh, I'm not going to mention anything about Brady. You know where I stand with Brady. We know who Tom Brady is. He's, he's outstanding here. But a guy like Bray, uh, if you look back through his career, historically he scores in bunches meaning he scored last week and a bunch would be again true this mm -hmm. week maybe two touchdowns here not projecting that but he scores in bunches so i wouldn't be shocked to find cameron break in the end zone again and then social media right after he scores go well who saw that coming back to back weeks weeks with cameron break well bottom of the barrel okay that, that's where you found Absolutely. it here so uh if you'll give me one more minute of your time guys i want to go back Dude, to yeah the the running back, and that is uh, Tennessee Titans running back uh, Jeremy McNichols here. So, you know, before the season started, it was always Derrick Henry. It will always be Derrick Henry. But the, the rookie, Darrington Evans, was supposed to be, you know, uh, Henry's backup, which doesn't get a lot of work here. But Evans has been in – he was on IR. He's been inactive. He hasn't had a carry since, I think, week five. And it's now uh, Jeremy McNichols backing him up here. So if you'll follow me real quick, a lot of what I do with bottom of the barrel, as I, I've tried to explain to the best of my ability to, to anybody that listens or reads here, is I come up with th these weird game scripts in my head, how I think the game's going to go, you know, based on, you know, uh, stats and, and re-watching re other games here. And again, Tennessee is going to have their way with the Lions on the ground, in the air, however you want it. They're going to give it to the Lions every which way here on Sunday. I don't think that's a secret. So I could see a case, a game script here, where Tennessee is up is up big. Three scores, four scores maybe, right? It's in to start the second half here. And they have uh, AFC to go back to the AFC championship game. They have big goals here for this team. So why would we run Henry into the ground against an inept Lions team? Let's give Jeremy McNichols a ton of touches. And he averages literally about nine targets, nine carries a game. I believe he got 11 carries last week. So another guy, just like Jeff Wilson, if you could promise me 10 plus, if you could promise me right on the money, 10 carries exactly for Jeremy McNichols, I would have 100% exposure. $4,800 on FanDuel, even $4,000 on DraftKings here. So um, hopefully that made sense with Jeremy McNichols here. I just see, yeah. there's just no way around it. I mean, I don't have a crystal ball here, but uh, Jeremy McNichols is going to get a ton of work after Derrick Henry gets 20 carries for 200 yards. Yeah, it makes absolute sense. Kid out of Boise State's a hell of a running back. Really and Drew is. and I talked about that before the show, where I told him his hope on Derrick Henry not getting 60 points against him was that they get up early and they decide to turn the ball to McNichols. Excellent work as always. Chris, DFSCheatSheet.com, bottom of the barrel. Check that out. Follow him on Twitter, at DetroitBC. And before we let you get out of here tonight, we're going to do a quick lightning round. If Perfect. you're in. All right. I will give you the format as well as the players to choose from. Okay. Up first, full point PPR, Jarvis Landry, T.Y. Hilton. Jarvis Landry, not close to me. Standard scoring, Janu or Hawk? T.J. Hawkinson, not close to me again. 
Standard, Kiki Kute or CD Lamb? Uh, I'm going to go CD Lamb in this one just to back up my, my bottom of the barrel selection. <laughs> Standard, Taysom Hill, Jalen Hurts, or Mitch Trubisky? I'm going to go in order. I'll give you the order here. Taysom Hill, Jalen Hurts, Mitchell Trubisky in that order. But he's on a heater. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. It's still it, it snows Mitch at the end of the Within day. Within reason. I mean, come on. Right, right. No, I got you. Man. All right. Flex, PPR, Lynn Bowden or Gio Bernard? Lynn Bowden. I, Gio just completely turned me off last weekend. Yeah. Standard, golf versus the Jets or Rust versus the Washington football team? Uh, I'm going to go. It might be surprising. I'm going to go Jared Golf in this one, given the fact. I know it's a lightning round, but uh, – the, if I remember correctly, Seattle is 26, or it be, I might believe that Seattle's 30th overall in giving up sacks, and the Washington mm -hmm. football team is fourth overall in getting sacks. So Russell Wilson is going to be in hell in Washington. Gonna, this absolutely. That defensive line is sick. And last one, standard scoring, Lamar or Baker? Lamar. You can't – I mean, Lamar, who are they Who are they playing? They're playing um, – Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Yeah. Okay. He might he might run for another hundred yards and then throw for two hundred yards in this one. Yeah, I didn't think that one was a tough one, but I put yeah. it in there anyways Thank because you. the question and, was asked to me. Uh, before you kick me out here, I want to bring something up on the air between both of you. It's a question too. So uh, we're in week fifteen. Uh, we've been together every week on Thursday since the inception of the season here. Now uh, I plan on writing a bottom of the barrel all the way up to there will be a bottom of the barrel Super Bowl edition. So nice. Uh, uh, if you'll have me, I'd love to keep oh, we're gonna, back on all the way up to the yes. Super Bowl to talk to right, the barrel. We would love to have you every week. We can finish this thing up strong, tie it in a nice bow, uh, you know, get some consistency. People tend to dig that. Absolutely. Plus, we'll have plenty of questions moving forward for the offseason of Franchise and Keeper Leagues. And we will just keep building it, brother. You keep kicking ass. Thank Follow them so at Detroit Beastie. Check them out, DFSCheatSheet.com. Brother, thank you, as always, for joining us. And enjoy that Detroit weather, man. You Have got it. Yeah, all right. See you, bud. Thanks again. <laughs> all right, man. Chris, always an excellent guest, man. Hey, it's man. so fun to have him on. And, you know, sometimes I feel bad because we just sit here and we're like, we're just listening. And we just let him go. And he's like, all of a sudden, he's like, hey, I got to catch my breath here. And I'm like, oh, shit, we should be running the show a little bit. But the guy is full of energy, ready to go. And, you know, for all the people who watched last week, and didn't see Chris. We didn't replace Chris with another Chris. There were a lot of people who were like, hey, we like your other Chris better. Like the Chris you had on was really good, but the other Chris is a little is what we needed. I'm like, we are one not gonna go two Chris's in one night, probably, because all hell broke loose when we did that last yeah, week. Sure. We'll keep our Chris quoted down. But Chris joins us every week and he will continue to join us every week. And next week we'll probably be on Wednesday. We'll have to make sure Chris can do that. I forgot about that until just this second. But we're going to be moving on here. Let's start. Derek Carr got hurt. Derek Carr got hurt. See? You're in the future. So, I mean. oh No, he got hurt a long time ago. What he happened with him? He was on oh, a little roll and he just grabbed at his dick. And he is questionable return. So, we so, got Mario, Marcus Mariota. Listen, Marcus Mariota is a guy who's just going to throw the ball to Darren Waller constantly and get him about 100 points in fantasy. <laughs> That's what we need. Your fantasy team's taking over the show tonight, brother. And yeah, yeah. Derrick Henry, that, that matchup's going to be tough for you. But speaking of Derrick Henry, where do you go to school? What, Derrick Henry? Yeah. Alabama? Alabama, absolutely. And Alabama, as we 
have that weak segue into the college football playoffs. <laughs> Where am I? What's going on? College football playoff rankings came out this week. Bama Trash. number one, Notre Trash. Dame number two, Clemson number three, and the Ohio State University number four, followed by Texas A&M at five, Iowa State at six, and then Florida. After losing 37-34 to 34 in just a crap game that they played to, LSU has been hot garbage, drops one spot. And then Cincy, who is undefeated, who I've been championing all year. Give me Fickleball, baby. They're sitting at nine undefeated. Indiana, six and one. Only team they lost to, Ohio State, 11. Coastal Carolina undefeated, 12. That one I kind of get. What do you think? Well, I mean, you, 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 um, you keep disrespecting the Shauna Clears out of your mouth if you're going to disrespect Carolina. But they, hey, they snuck that game out against Troy, the wannabe USC Trojans. They snuck that game. They won it. They stayed undefeated. And you already said trash. I mean, what? No, the, other- it, it, the, the single thing that is absolute trash is Cincinnati getting jobbed for no reason at all. Mm-hmm. Absolutely no reason. They didn't play a game. Florida somehow dropped. So like the dude chucked a shoe. They lost the game. And, and here comes Cincinnati, who's sitting there, haven't lost the game. There's waiting to move up. They've done everything they've been asked to do. They get jobbed. It's ridiculous, in my opinion. And it's it's like, is the BCS damn effing computer better than this bullshit? Because this isn't great. This isn't great. How does Cincinnati I, I just don't understand it. Uh, you got you got teams with two losses that don't deserve to be where they're ranked, and you have Cincinnati here. Like, what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do? Yeah, they they're basically saying, "Hey, we don't care about you. We're not interested." And they've beaten they've beaten good teams, and and the teams they played, they've beaten the shit out of almost every single week. Cincinnati deserves the respect. Absolutely. And as we start our preview for the weekend here, we got great football matchups. We got NFL on Saturday. We got conference championships on Saturday. We got NFL on Sunday. We got NFL on Monday. It is going to be a great week of football. And these college football playoff rankings, yeah, they make zero sense to me. And I've reached out to the committee, to their media members, to try to, through media sources, to try to get someone coming on the show here soon. Hopefully next week we will get booked. They said they will get back to me. We want to talk about these rankings and why Cincinnati, when you said it, can sit there and they don't play a game and they drop. It makes zero sense. Florida plays and like crap. Teams, teams that lose don't drop below yeah. them. They didn't lose a game. And, and, and somehow Florida is still above them. I, I just don't understand. I mean, Iowa State sitting at six in a game between Indiana and Iowa State. Keep in mind that Iowa State lost to Louisiana, who I think is 19. Iowa State has two losses. Yeah, and Indiana, whose only loss is to the Buckeyes, sits at 11. I mean, in a game between Indiana, 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 I don't know who that is, but Indiana, for those of us who can read maps, if they play Iowa State right now, who do you think wins that game? Indiana. No, if Indiana plays Iowa State? Yeah. Yes, I do believe Indiana wins. I think it's a close game, and yeah, losing their quarterback still showed that they can win without. So moving on, we'll talk about we'll talk about the games on the field because we could go on about how crap the rankings really are. And you brought up the it's BCS. Bullshit, I hated dude. the BCS. The but- Cincinnati's things BS. Like, like, like what what the hell is the difference between putting a bunch of stuff in a computer and then you come up with this ridiculous ass, you know, okay, these are the playoff teams, or like this is the the final two teams. Like, what the hell is the difference? There's none. I mean, we're still trying to figure out what the hell's going on each week. So, 
first game we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about Cincinnati, the American Athletic Conference, the championship game live from Nippert Stadium, 8 p.m. on ABC Saturday night, Tulsa 6-1, and one, a team who I think should get more national pub than they do, especially with one of their players who I'll talk about later. Cincinnati 8-0. Tulsa's only loss is Oklahoma State, who will play. I mean, I mean, Oklahoma State isn't that great this year, but it's still Oklahoma State, Big 12 team, only team to beat a team that plays in the American Athletic Conference. Cincinnati's O-line is a killer. That is a hell of a team. They impose their will upon teams. And Ritter is better this year than he was last year when they were still pretty good. He was 53% completion rate. Now he's up to 67. I mean, and they can win shootouts. They can win tight games. I think they have 700 yards of passing the last two games. I mean, Cincinnati deserves to move ahead in the college football playoff rankings. They need to win this game to prove it. But on the other side, Tulsa, man, Tulsa is a fun team. And that defense is really good, led by my favorite player, defensively in the nation right now, and that's Zavin Collins. 6'4", 260. This kid's big. He's scary. He's fast. He's rangy. He can rush the passer. He can tackle like nobody's business. And he has a 96-yard interception return. A 96-yard interception return for a guy who's 6'4", 260. Nobody caught the dude. That's how good he is. This is going to be a fun game. Who do you like in this game? I like Cincinnati. Tulsa's fast. Their pace is fun. Um, but give me the – I think the, the hog mollies at both sides of the line is the difference in this game. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think it's definitely going to come down to just O-lines kill them. And Cincinnati just – the way they instill their will upon teams, it's absolutely going to be them who does it. But I think it's a close game. I don't think this is a game that by the third quarter, like, yeah, Cincinnati's blown them out or vice versa. I think this is a 30-23 to 23 game. But I do have Cincinnati. And if Cincinnati wins – they need to move up in those rankings. It needs to make sense, or you have to tell us why you're not moving them ahead. And because you hate Skyline Chili, I mean, the committee Skyline hates Skyline Chili. I hate Skyline Chili. Well, it's trash. Well, you're part of the committee then. That that's the reason they're ranked where they are. If if they didn't have that, that don't put cinnamon in chili. <laughs> I I listen. <laughs> I don't like Skyline Chili either. I'm just saying the committee. Scott and Joey is a big swaying subject for the committee. I mean, cover it in all the cheese you want. Uh, and that's fine. But it's still, don't put cinnamon in chili. And why are we going to have Also, we have to let people enjoy their chili the way they want to enjoy their chili. So if you want a Skyline Chili, that's yeah. fine. You can't disrespect people for Skyline Chili. And that's what the committees do. Want that's to I'm not disrespecting people who like Skyline Chili. That's fine. You like it. That's fine. Yes. People like certain things. But it's trash. Anyway, speaking of trash, Notre Dame and Brian Kelly. They're in the ACC title game. I agree with that. Clemson, the third-ranked team in the country, only lost yeah. Notre Dame earlier this year when trash DJ to play the ukulele started in place of Trevor Lawrence. Notre Dame number two in the rankings. This is a 4 p.m. kickoff on ABC in Charlotte. This is a huge game for Clemson. And by his reaction, I'm guessing Darren Waller just got a touchdown. Darren Waller time. Darren Waller, baby. Listen, this game is totally different than last time because Trevor Lawrence is playing. And DJ, hell of a player. That kid's going to be a star coming up. But Trevor Lawrence is Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. That was a dime, man, that I just I'm saw. Sorry. I know it's a ridiculous. Marks Mariota and Darren Waller, they love each other. <laughs> it's, it's wonderful. Um, roommate, I apologize right? everybody watching this on the live thing. 
but I was doing I was doing lasers. I was excited there. Here we go. And uh, back, yeah, I agree with you. Back to the game. Notre Dame's <laughs> lines are really good. They're bo- good on both sides, and they grind. And then Ian Book just does enough to win. But the last time these two teams played, yeah, we can blame you know the freshman quarterback and no Trevor Lawrence, but Travis Etienne was held to twenty eight yards. Notre Dame was 10 of 19 on third down. So Clemson's defense definitely needs to step up. I mean, yeah, they were banged up, but that's not an excuse when you're giving up 10 and 19 on third down and your star running back only gets 28 yards. Who do you like in this one? Clemson. Clemson. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence playing. Trevor Lawrence was not playing before. Here, Notre Dame's a good team. And you you made a really good point is, is they do a – very good job of stopping the run. However, in the previous matchup, you didn't have what many consider to be one of the better QB prospects um, coming out in quite some time. So I think Trevor Lawrence back. I think uh, the team has a little bit more juice. Um, I was talking to you earlier, the line on this game is ridiculous, and I'm not touching it. It's something like 10 and a half. I think Clemson wins. I think the game's good. I think it's going to be a hell of a game, and I expect Clemson to win as well. And, I mean, for every team behind Clemson, they've got to be rooting for Notre Dame. Because if you're Texas A&M, you have a chance to sneak in. If you're Iowa State and you can beat Oklahoma, you have a chance to sneak in. If all these teams lose, including Ohio State, who we'll get to in a second, Cincinnati can creep up to maybe number eight, and they'll end up putting Florida in after they lose three games. But Clemson, I think, wins this game. I think this is Clemson's showing out that they haven't had all year. I don't think they've had that great put-together game. They've been good at times. Weird season, man. It is. It's a weird season, absolutely. But I got Clemson 38-24. I'm with you. Both of us taking Clemson on this one. Make sure I mark those down. Moving on, ABC has another fun game. 6-2 Iowa State, the 6th-ranked team against 10th-ranked team Oklahoma. This is a noon kickoff, I believe, at the Jerry Dome. Iowa State won the first meeting 37-30. to 30. Iowa State Cyclone can win this game if Brees Hall is special and Brock Purdy isn't trying to be special. For Oklahoma, uh, their yeah. D needs to show up, man. Oklahoma's D hasn't shown up all year. Dude. And we always make fun of the Big 12. Oklahoma's D hasn't shown up in a decade. <laughs> I mean, it, it, the Big 12, it, I mean, and I respect the players in the conference and shit, but let's not act like there's a damn – like the, their teams are embarrassed. These shootouts, it's a joke. The, yeah, Oklahoma's defense hasn't shown up in a goddamn decade. Yeah, I feel um, like the Big 12 is They've, won, they've hung up a 4-0 piece at least. You like Iowa State in this one? Yep. I'm I with you. It. I'm going to pick Iowa State too, but I think this game – I mean – if Spencer Rattler can be consistent and Oklahoma Dean just shows up for a few plays, can we acknowledge they win the this game? game? Can we acknowledge Spencer the name? Rattler? It's a damn good one. I believe he's from Arizona too. Rattlesnakes. Oh shit, he knows, dude. He knows what about the Rattlers. There is a show, uh, QB One on Netflix. He was on it. Pretty good show. Check it out. It was interesting about his uh, his recruiting and all that. Plugging shit right now. You're plugging that I mean, shit. Hey, it was All a good right. show. And it, I mean, <laughs> if you're watching this, after you watch this, yeah, go ahead and turn it on now. I mean, 
Wait, put us in your headphones. You no, know, <laughs> you can watch. All right, dude. No, yeah. don't give him any ideas. All right. All right, all right. <laughs> Moving on. We're both taking Iowa State in that one. Big Ten game, conference championship. Lots of talk around this one because Ohio State gets in playing only five games, and everyone's like, "Well, you said you had to play more games than that." Big Ten. Big Ten knows who their cash cow is. Big Ten knows who their only hope to a college football playoff championship is. And that's the Ohio State Buckeyes. Buckeyes are 5-0. and but There's a lot of talk right now that there is an outbreak of COVID within the team and a star player will not be in the game on Saturday. That player, we don't know for sure. We've heard rumors. There's rumors that it's Chris Olave. Nothing has been set in stone. So until something is 100%, don't buy into it. For right now, Chris Olave is in. If he's not, he's probably played his last game as a Buckeye because with 21 days, ridiculous out, ridiculous. which is ridiculous with the Big Ten, that goes through the con or goes through the college football playoff. It goes through all this, so you won't ever see him. Buckeyes, if they want to win this game, they got to turn out the lights quick, and they can do that. Get this Northwestern team down early, and just start moving on. But. They've got to do that because Northwestern, the way they play, is they like to muck things up, man. They like to play in the mud. They like to slow things down. And they have a damn good pasty. Against Purdue, who's the number one passing team in the Big Ten, they held them 260 yards, which is about 100 yards less than their season average. Northwestern can win this game if they do that early, if the entire Buckeyes team has COVID and they're forced to play seven players on offense. I just don't see Northwestern hanging in this game. I got the Buckeyes win 41 to seven. What do you say? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I mean, the spread's 20. I think it's covered. It's that simple. I, I mean, Ohio State's a better team. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, I Even with Chris Olave out, who – that's speculation, like you mm -hmm. said. Uh, even if that is the case, um, Ohio State's talent will run them off the field. And this isn't saying anything bad to Northwestern. They're oh, a North football team. They're well coached. They're, and they do have a chance in this game. Like if they a just, hell of a coach out there, dude. He's a hell of a coach. And there's talk about – while we're talking Pat Fitzgerald, he basically has a lifetime contract there. We know that. Basically, as long as this team doesn't lose some record, like 30 straight games, Pat Fitzgerald's going to be the head coach in Northwestern. Do you agree? Yes. Unless there he is no other way. Exactly. And will he be – intrigued by the option to coach the Chicago Bears, which is a rumor that is out there right now. Could you see him leaving to coach Chicago Bears? I don't think so. I really don't think so. I think Pat Fitzgerald is going to be happy there for a little while, and then we'll see what happens. Um, I'm not coaching Mr. Trubisky. That's <laughs> simple for me. Well, that always goes back. And I'm with you on that. I don't think you leave. <laughs> Moving on to our next game, we're both – we're just picking the same thing here. And by the way, people, as we're picking games here, I do have to bring this up. Last week, Drew went 12 and 3. I'm sorry? And I went 7 and 8. Oh, and now good. this huge lead that I had <laughs> is down to one game. So I think I'll just let him pick all the games first, and then I'll pick all the same ones <laughs> just to hold for the rest of the year. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be a bitch. Anyway, SEC title game. This one. I think is the biggest blowout of the weekend. But there's a chance it could not be based on a few things. 8 p.m., Mercedes-Benz Dome, Atlanta, Georgia, Bama 10-0 against Florida 8-2. For Florida, 
there's no pressure on this game. And that's the only thing that can keep him in it. Yeah. I also think your Heisman winner comes from this game, whether it's Mac Jones, Devontae Smith, Najee Harris, or Kyle Trask. And for people looking ahead to the NFL draft thinking, my team should draft Kyle Trask in the first round. Kyle Trask is not a first-round quarterback. Not at all. He's not a second-round quarterback. He might be a third-round quarterback. A lot of things going against him. Average arm strength, and he's slow as shit. Looks like he's stuck in the mud. But don't take away what he's done this year because he's had a Joe Burrow-esque season as far as what he's done on the field. Kid's been really freaking good. Kyle Pitts is a star. But Bama is just too damn much. Their offensive line is probably the best offensive line they've had there ever. And that's saying something because they just send out talent every year. Also have the number one recruiting class this year. Buckeyes close at number two. But I got this game 44 to 20, maybe 51 to 24, something like that. This game is going to be a blowout. I mean, you see any way Florida stays in this game? No, I don't. And I, and I listen, and Florida is, is a solid team. Alabama's the better team. Uh, the SEC is not the cream. I, I think it's a little different this year, but I, I think Alabama is clearly the cream of the crop in the SEC, I guess is what I want to say. Yeah, absolutely. Before we move on to the NFL, we're going to take a quick break here. I'm going to plug some things. Let's plug our sponsors, Kitty Cove Daycare at Kitty Cove OH on Facebook. Check them out. Be sure if you need childcare, go ahead and look them up because there's not a better place for your kid to go where you know they're going to be taught. They're going to be taken care of. They're going to get healthy meals. Everything will be taken care of. You just work with them. Kitty Cove OH on Facebook, Kitty Cove Daycare. It's in Ohio. It's in Eastlake. Check them out. They do a good job. Also, check out Concealed Carry Firearms Training. That's right. Babes and Guns. 440-391-4118. Give them a call if you're looking to get your CCW. If you want to get your Concealed Carry, these are the guys to call. Give them a call. They'll set you up with a class. You'll get in with the group. They'll show you how to properly use your weapon, take care of you, and make sure that when you have that weapon, not only do you feel safe with it, but you feel confident in what you're doing because that is what you need to have if you're going to carry that gun and you're not used to it. Check them out, 440-391-4118. And thank you again to our final sponsor here, Manhattan Deli Mentor. Check them out, 440-974-0055. Call them for all your catering needs. If you need help this holiday with food and you're like, you know, we're not having a big gathering because we can't. We're having a small gathering. Give them a call. They'll take care of all the catering and food. So it's one less thing you have to worry about this year. 440-974-0055. Check them out on Grubhub, DoorDash, Facebook. Check them out at Manhattan Deli Mentor on Facebook. Order. Anything you want, carry out, get it to go, come in, sit in the dining room, you name it, they will take care of you. And now we're going to move on in just a second, but I want to plug one more thing, and I thank you guys for listening to this. Check out our new merchandise at bonfire.com backslash store backslash FCFSTs, all kinds of stuff. And if there's a design you like or something you want to see, hit us up. Hit me up on Twitter at Somerville CLE. Hit Drew up at Detroit Dave 7. Hit us up. Tell us what you like. And do that with the entire show. We want to know what we're doing well and what you guys don't like. And while I got this second, I'll go through. We have some comments. Who's the last team to play the college All-Stars? Chris Somerville asks, as my dad. Um, last team to play college All-Stars. I'm guessing it had to be in the 50s or 60s. 
So if that's the case, I'm going to go with Kansas. No, I'll go with Green Bay. Green Bay would make sense based on the timeline. Maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm not. But we'll see. And now that Drew has returned, we are going to move on to talk NFL. And before we get to our game of the week, which is an NFL game, and it's really hard not to make Notre Dame Clemson the game of the week, we're going to talk Chargers Raiders yeah. because this game's going on right now. It's a Thursday night game. Chargers are down 10 to 7 at the two minute warning, I believe. Raiders are 7 and 6. Chargers are 4 and 9. But this is a big game for both teams. Chargers are 4 and 9. They're playing for Anthony Lynch's job. I think he's out regardless. But you want to see how this team finishes the season. And for the Raiders, they struggled with the Jets, barely snuck by it. You got stomped by Atlanta, 43-6. to If you want to be a playoff team, you have to win this game and basically win out going forward. Raiders win this even without Derek Carr tonight? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't think – I think – adding the element of Marcus Mariota in his legs and, and the fact that the Chargers haven't had to kind of game plan for a player like him all week long, mm-hmm. putting him in the mix um, already through the strike to Waller. Um, I, I expect the, the, the Raiders to win. It, and this was kind of the issue with the Raiders last year. They're so up and down, right? They're always up and down. That's the problem with the Raiders is we haven't been able to figure out who they are all year. You know, one second, they're just destroying the Browns and instilling their will on them like they're Cincinnati and just dominating. And then the next second, we see them just get destroyed. We haven't seen Derek Carr do it. They haven't put together a full game all year, and they've got to win out basically to make the playoffs. You see them making the playoffs? No. So you got the Raiders winning this one. I will mark that down. I also think the Raiders win this one. But, man, once again, we have to give credit to what Justin Herbert has done this year. All credit to the kid. He's worked his ass off. He's been a stud. And it's exciting because now when you're looking for a coach this offseason, mainly because Anthony Lynn can't manage the time at all during the game, you have something where you're like, hey, we got a quarterback. You can come in. Yeah. You can mold this kid. I mean, what are you going to do with him? Moving on, let's talk our game of the week. And our game of the week this week is the 10-3 and New Orleans Saints welcoming in the 12 and one Kansas city chiefs and maybe Drew Brees comes back. I don't think he does. They're talking about a lot of things he's got to do before he comes back, but this is going to be a Taysom Hill versus, you know, Pat Mahomes. This guy is pretty good. This game, it could be a preview of the Super Bowl. It's going to be a damn good game. Andy Reid in his career, four and three against saints, Sean Payton, one and one against the chiefs. The Chiefs have already clinched the AFC West. They're just trying to clinch basically home field advantage and that buy. Since there's only one buy in each league, Kansas City can, if they win, plus Pittsburgh and Buffalo lose, which is unlikely, they can clinch that buy. For the Saints, they just they got to get back on track after last week's stumble against Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. Who do you like in this game? I, I like Kansas City. Um and I don't think Breeze is going to play. I just I don't think they're going to rush him back. It, New Orleans is going to be in the playoffs. Um, to me, the, there's too much firepower in Kansas City. I just don't think that Taysom Hill can keep up with it, mm-hmm. my personal opinion. Um, I'll take Kansas City here. You know, I want I agree with you there. I mean, there's obviously a ton of firepower. Travis Kelsey leads the league in receiving yards at tight end. 
And I think Darren Waller is behind him by like 450 yards at the tight end spot alone. That's just how good Travis Kelsey is. You see how good Travis Kelsey is, how good Tyreek Hill is, what they can do. The, yes, the Saints defense is really good. And credit to the Saints defense for what they've been. But the Saints defense hasn't sure. seen an offense like this. Now, for the Saints to win, Taysom Hill not only has to be good, he has to be great. And they're going to have to run the ball with him. They're going to have to throw them off with passes. They're going to have to be tricky. I just don't see them doing it. I think Kansas City says, hey, you know what? We've coasted most this year. This is a big game again. Let's ramp it up. Kansas City moves to 13-1. and one. I agree, man. They're good. They got they are. They're just – they can just they flip the switch, it seems like, at any point. They do it, and they're playing around. I mean, look at last week. Pat Mahomes had three picks, and they were still up 20. Pretty sure Travis Kelsey's leading the league in, like, receiving yards. Yeah, 1250 last I checked. <laughs> so, he's a tight end. So, I, I don't even know. This guy's a hell of a player. If Travis Kelsey retires after this year as the Hall of Famer? No. I'm with you. A couple more years. Damn good player. A couple more years, though. Broncos five and eight travel to face the Bills ten and three on Saturday. This is a Saturday four thirty kickoff. Let's go with Saturday night football. Yes, I love so this much time Saturday of year. football. I love the this Bills, time of year. They can clinch the AFC East with a win, a Miami loss, or if both tie. The Buffalo Bills are going to be the AFC East champions most likely, no matter what. But they can clinch it this week. I'm trying to find what I had written down here. Anyway. And they do. You think they do it? You think yeah. they win? The Drew Lock we saw last week, was that the Drew Lock that we've expected to see? Is that the Drew Lock going forward, or was that just an anomaly? I don't want to say it was an anomaly, but he just is not consistent enough. It's that simple. He's just not consistent enough. Next year, do you put any stock in Next year, do you maybe bring him in to battle him, or do you say, you know what, enough, we're going to get another guy? Well – you definitely have to bring in somebody to battle him, whether it's tough because it's like, you know, is whether or not that's a draft pick, mm -hmm. a free agent. Um, but at the same time, you certainly have to consider pretty much everything because I don't think it's the answer. It, I mean, it's tough. The kid has shown things at times. And I mean, you put so much stock into the thing around him. You got, Philip Lindsay, you got Melvin Gordon, Jerry Judy, who basically is out there running sprints every game. And yeah, he's starting to play better now. You're starting to see him get the ball, but KJ Hamler finally gets the ball. There's just so many weapons, Noah Fant. So many weapons you put around the kid and he hasn't done it. I think you definitely at least have to bring in, you, you know, maybe a veteran to battle him. That's a great spot for Matt Stafford if he gets dealt. Something you got to look forward to here. Now and Elway the knows it. Elway knows it. You know what I mean? He knows yeah. what the situation is. Um, that's really all I had. Go ahead to the next game. Seattle Seahawks, 9-4. Don't be bringing up staff right now. <laughs> Against the Washington football team, 6-7. and seven. Seattle can clinch a playoff berth with a win or a Minnesota-Chicago tie. Who you got in this one? Yeah, Washington is my favorite team to watch defensively in the league. It's not even close. Sign close. Matt, Matt, and Graydon. <laughs> Listen, I, I know Matt Stafford's going to get traded. I just need to absorb everything, right? I know he's going to get traded. Um, I hope he gets traded. 
what he had traded for was different. Um, I got thrown off guard. What was I? What was I Washington saying? Football team. Oh, there. Yeah, that watching that defense is my favorite thing on Sundays. That front four is what I wish the Detroit Lions front four was. Sick. You you draft Montez Sweat. Okay. Oh, he's a beast. Oh, we can add we can add Chase Young. Oh, yeah, we'll add Chase Young. That front four is so much fun to watch. Um, with that being said, Seattle, I think, still wins. But I think Russ has issues because his his offensive line is not exactly fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they do give him fits. However, I think Seattle's a better team. They end up winning. Um, I know Alex Smith's been – I don't think he practiced today. If he did, it was very limited. He's been dinged up because of that calf. Um, he's definitely won comeback player of the year. We can't even argue. I don't want to hear anything else from anybody else. Um, it's incredible what he's done. I just, uh, I'm still going to go with Russ. I hope he cooks to the tune of like 914 yards, six to 10 touchdowns. Uh, anywhere between that would be great. You know, if Dwayne Haskins starts this game, I think Seattle wins it. And I think Dwayne Haskins will still be a solid quarterback in this league. He's just not there yet. He's still a work in progress. Alex Smith keeps them in the game better. But I still think Seattle wins this game. And I don't think they're going to, I think this is going to be a tight game. 17-14 type game, but I will take Seattle as well. Moving on, we have the four eight and one Eagles. Check out this punt, bro. Check out this punt when you when it comes when you come into the future. Check out this punt. <laughs> I'm sorry to break this up, but uh, we, go ahead, keep going. I, I just dude, that looked like the ugliest <laughs> thing. That looked like my golf shot. <laughs> Jesus Lord, talk about flipping the field. They just gave them field position fifty. Crash. That was just uh, terrible for Oakland. That was an Oakland punt. <laughs> Giving the Chargers the ball, I mean, with a minute left in, in minute field position, tied at ten. So this is a big game for the Raiders. They need to get their shit together. Eagles four eight and one with the chance to play spoiler. Basically, they, I mean, they have an outside chance of winning the division still because that division has been such trash. Yeah. They're traveling to Arizona seven and six, and Arizona needs to get back on track. Last week they beat the Giants twenty six seven. Finally got a win. But Kyler Murray hasn't looked like Kyler Murray. This was a team we thought were going to roll to the playoffs. I think they were six and three at one point. Now we're looking at seven and six. The Eagles and Jalen Hurts play spoiler once again, or does Arizona stay in the playoff race with the victory? No, I think they do stay in the playoff race because I think there's way more issues than just the quarterback position for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, however, Kyler Murray's not been great. Um I feel like if they bring in like a Freddie Kitchens, it's an OC, he would like really blossom. Um, they just let him call the plays. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, I, uh, I'll take Arizona. I, uh, I just haven't seen enough consistency offensively. Listen, if Doug Peterson commits to Miles Sanders and they run the football like they did last week, I think the Eagles can do this. The Eagles defense has played lights out at times. They're still really good. Fletcher Cox is still one of the best defensive tackles, if not one of the best defensive players in all of football. But I just haven't seen enough from Doug Peterson to commit to that run game. So I'm with you. I'm going to take Arizona. Moving on, another decent playoff matchup in the AFC. It's the Miami Dolphins with the chance to stay in the AFC East race, to stay in the playoff race by beating 
the New England Patriots. Eight and five Miami welcomes six and seven New England. New England play spoiler here. Yeah, yeah, yeah New I England. I uh, I think Billy Billy will dial up something defensively too. I hasn't seen. Um, I I will take the the Patriots here. Although I think their quarterbacks a disaster. Yeah, um, I mean, shit. We had Chris earlier talking about potentially starting Jared Sidham as a sleeper in 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 in, in your DFS lineups. I mean, Christ, um, Cam Newton, and you and I said it all offseason. We've been saying it for a year. Dude's arms are gonna fall off. We've seen it all year. It, nothing's changed. Anybody that saw him knows he's nowhere near the quarterback. Yeah, if you got, if you want a quarterback and get you a yard, then he's the best. But if you need a quarterback that can throw a yard, he's the worst. Um, I'm going to still go with them, although I'm ripping on Cam, just because I feel like defensively they're going to do something like they did to the Chargers. Defensively, you're absolutely right. I think this game is just going to be flat out ugly. But what I saw out of Miami last week and what I think they can do against the Patriots as far as shutting them down completely on offense, this is going to be like a six to three ball game. It's going to be flat out ugly. And I am going to take Miami to win it. Do a season. But I'm not sure about that. I mean, it's tough. And Cam, yeah. Cam, listen, he's a good dude. Love what he does with the kids and, you know, always make sure the kids get the football that far. But they just. You ever see what the hell he wears on his damn ugly ass head? I don't care if he dresses like a all right. Well, bullshit. Black you know, he looks church. like an idiot. He looks like an idiot. Hey, you don't know style, bro. You no, I, style. I clearly don't. And either does anybody else because nobody thinks that shit looks good. Moving on, we're gonna go to the NFC North. Chicago Bears six and seven. Minnesota Vikings six and seven. These teams basically need to win out and hope everyone else loses in order to make the playoffs. Who are you liking this one? Minnesota has a decent chance, I think. Um. And I could be wrong, but I think Minnesota has a decent chance. Um, but I'm taking Minnesota. Um, every time Chris kept saying Mitchie's hot, and I just can't, I can't take it. That's bullshit. Mitchie's trash. I'm taking Minnesota. God bless his family. Mitchie, 24 33 for 267, three scores last week. You know what's making Mitchie good right now? Is he knows he's done basically in Chicago. He's playing with no pressure. They don't need to worry about anything. But I also think it's Minnesota in this. I think there's too much on the line. Give the ball to Dalvin. Give the ball to Dalvin a lot. Get those scoring points with Dalvin. Plus, it helps me in fantasy. But give Dalvin the ball. Minnesota goes. And our final game of the night, Sunday night football. And this one, what a weird turn it took today when we found out Jason Garrett has COVID-19. Will Fred. not be calling the plays. Freddie Kitchens, the former Browns head coach, will be calling the plays for the New York football giants. And a lot of people are like, well, look how bad Freddie was playing, calling plays last year. But just like I said, with the pressure, no pressure on Mitchie, when Freddie had a chance to call plays and there was no pressure on him and he was calling someone else's offense, Freddie was really good calling plays. It got him the job last year. So Freddie could be a wild card. The problem is you're probably leaning towards starting Colt McCoy. Daniel Jones hurt, hasn't played well. Why put him out there? Give it to Colt McCoy. Let it be a full Browns revenge game. Jabril Peppers wants to be angry. You know why put him out there? Because, and of course, if he's hurt and he can't play, then don't put him out there. But but why put him out there? Because I don't know what the hell Daniel Jones really is. I don't know if this is a guy that I need to keep on my, you know, that I can plan my future around. 
Or is this a guy that I need to kind of start thinking of the future and drafting somebody? That's why. Um, and, and to hit your point on Freddie Kitchens, uh, not everybody's a head coach, right? Yep. Not everybody's a head coach. Um, and that's okay. Guys can be coordinated. Freddie Kitchens is a coordinator. He's a tight ends coach, apparently, right now. Um, but listen, I, I think the Browns are the more talented team. I think the Browns run the football down the Giants' throat. And uh, and I will take the Browns, which is weird because I've taken the Browns a lot this year, and it, it seems yeah. comfortable for me. I mean, you went against them last week, but you said you wanted them to win, and I did. You're right on that, and I wanted yeah. them to win too, obviously. But yeah, I mean, this game is a trap game for the Browns because as a Browns fan, Freddie Kitchens calling plays—that's not what you're worried about. It's the fact that James Bradbury's out. And James Bradbury, for all the people who have been like, oh, James Bradbury's not that big a loss. James Bradbury's played almost elite this year. He's been excellent. He's been very, very good on that defense. Arguably one of their best defenders. Absolutely. Jabril Peppers has also played really well in that secondary, but Jabril Peppers will be there. The thing is they have no pass rush. Bradbury's out. This looks like a game the Browns should roll. And Kevin Stefanski's Browns have rolled in these games. But it's also such a trap game because – Browns should win. It should be easy. And I'm going to take the Browns, but don't overlook this team because this team is scrappy and Joe Judge, the fighting Joe Judges, have played pretty well with their back against the wall. And they need to win this game to stay in the playoff race. Both teams need to win this football game. This is a big game for both teams. And this week on at FCFS Pod on Twitter, I put out a question, which New York quarterback would you rather have Starting for your team in 2021, and I put Jets Sam Darnold and Giants. What'd you answer? What'd you answer? I said Sam Darnold. Interesting. Mm-hmm. How about you? Sam Darnold. I'm with you. However, 57.1% of the vote went to Daniel Jones. Oh, that's fine. I mean, I'm not going to act like some sort of fucking shoe or excuse me, freaking chewing. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? It's not like a like Sam. But I think uh, Adam Gase is kind of like just – he's almost a coach out to ruin people, um, and he's doing a damn good job. I just worry – the one thing I worry about is Sam Darnold is he's already ruined. Yeah. Uh, that certainly could be the case. It absolutely could be the case. And I I like Sammy D. I hope he gets out and he goes – I mean, maybe Pittsburgh is an opportunity for him next year. But that team needs to figure out their salary cap before they do that because I don't think the Jets are going to give Sam Darnold away, but you know Trevor Lawrence is a starter there next year. But with that being said, those are our game picks for the week 15. I think there's only one game we didn't agree on, actually. That's Miami-New England. So if New England wins, you will then tie me for our records for the season. We have done the NFL. We've done the NCAA. We are now finally to the highlight of the show. It is time, ladies and gentlemen, for awards wagers sponsored by Latani CBD Olive Oil. Drew 43-18-2 against spread in 2019. 2-1 Two and one last week, 17, 12, and one on the year. And for those of you who don't know what Latani CBD olive oil is, go to lataniproducts.com. It will be available soon. Get your yeah. CBD olive oil. Check it out. Thanks for the sponsorship. Andrew, take it away. All right. Here we go. I uh, got four four games this week. At, originally, when I when I texted Jeremy, I said I hated the board. But, you know, I actually grew to love the board this week. We're going to start uh, Cleveland heading to uh, the Meadowlands out there uh, to play the Giants. The Giants are giving – they're getting six. Excuse me. 
I'm going to take Cleveland minus six. Uh, next game, Kansas City at New Orleans. We touched on this game earlier. New Orleans is uh, plus three. Um, regardless of them getting points at home, I don't think Taysom Hill can keep up with Patrick Mahomes and company. We will take the Chiefs in that one that we had uh, over the Buffalo-Denver game. Buffalo traveling on the road. As you can see a trend here, I'm taking three road teams. Buffalo, a six-point dog heading to Denver. I'm still going with Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen is going to throw 400 touchdowns to Stephon Diggs, and people are going to dance on rooftops. And then finally, uh, Chicago Bears heading to Minnesota. Minnesota minus three. I think uh, Minnesota gets a win because I think Mitch sucks, and I hate the Bears. That's all I got. That, that was excellent work, my friend. People in Buffalo, if you're dancing on roofs during the winter, please be safe. Yeah. So we I know how you guys party. So I see up there. <laughs> and people in Buffalo, man, we got to get up there for a tailgate because that looks like a hell of a lot of fun. Tell us the best place to tailgate up in Buffalo. Brother, excellent work. You got Cleveland, KC, Buffalo, Minnesota. You got the road teams. Wards wagers. Let's go 4-0 this week. Let's get that record going up. You've been 2-1 the last three weeks. Absolutely getting back on track in this weird 2020. I think I was like Owen, or I think I was like one in five to start the year. So we're just heading back in the right direction. Yeah. Absolutely getting back there. Everyone watching the show, thank you very much for checking us out. And one more thing here. Here's our question. It was, who's the last NFL team to play college all-stars? I said Green Bay in the 60s. He says last game was played in the 70s. You got a guess on this thing? Nope. All right. Uh, I don't have a clue. Hit us up with the correct answer there. Let us know what it is. Before we get out of here tonight, remember you can check us out every Thursday usually at 8 p.m. Next week we will be on Wednesday. Check us out due to Christmas. Hope everyone is all getting ready for the holidays, getting excited. Check us out on Wednesday. We'll make sure Chris can join. We will see. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Check us out on Twitter, on Facebook. And the answer is... The Steelers, huh? Good for them. In the seventies, playing a college team, loving franchise. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know what I was saying. Check us out everywhere: Twitter, Facebook, <laughs> at Somerville CLE at FCFS Pod, Facebook FB.me backslash FCFS Pod. Anywhere you listen to your podcast, you can yep. find us there. We had a hell of a long show tonight. We Fun did. show. Hope everyone enjoyed it. Hit us up on those spots. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you didn't like. Chargers up 17 to 10 at the half. About to Everybody kick. pray for Darren Waller for many touchdowns and fruitful receptions. Darren Waller, how many points you got at half here? Uh, 11. 11. 11. 89 more points to go, and you yep. got your wish. Brother, good luck in fantasy this weekend. Hope you yeah, have a great you weekend. Well. Enjoy your football. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, thanks for watching. And as always, remember, if you live the life you love, you love the life you live. Good night. See you next week.